0: Hello and welcome to Shout Out with Seth and Daniel. My friend Daniel Thomas Jr. and co-host is with me in the studio
1: today. Hello everybody, this is Season 1, Episode 3, and I am so happy to be here. We've got a lot to cover
0: today. We are going to get Daniel's views on Davos, Afghanistan. This is a special treat because... Our co-host is a former Marine Corps veteran, so get ready for some insight. Some some <clears throat> some former military insight that you won't get anywhere else. And or very few places at that, we'll just put it that way. And we'll also be covering the supply shortage. You go to the supermarket looking for your favorite item, only to find it's not even there. And we'll be covering our. We'll be covering Ukraine. We'll be covering. What, what are some other things we'll be covering? We'll be
1: covering Ukraine. We'll be covering the situation at the border. And if we have any time left, and I'm actually still. Awake, we might even have some time for a bonus topic. Now, let's begin the discussion, shall we? All
0: right. We'll start off with, oh yes, and especially a big topic, and this one will be the front runner, it'll be at the top of the hour, Biden's disastrous speech down Georgia, Mm. and I I will just say this. It has been nothing short of a disaster, in my personal opinion. Again, this is just my personal opinion. I have actually read, said, I've tried to read said Beach*. I have seen what numerous conservative talk show hosts and TV commentators have said about this. And every single one of them is like, they're like, why, 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 why? Even... Even some of the, our president's own party are like, why did you say this? This is like a big, giant question mark. This is this <clears throat> is something
1: that makes one pause and think, to say the least. My co-host, your thoughts? Well, Biden has been digging himself deeper and deeper into the sand pit, especially with that last speech that he had over in Georgia like you were talking about. Now, the thing about that speech is he used it to insistently demonize everybody who was to the right of Mao Zedong. I mean, uh, he called everybody who disagreed with his ideas uh, cowards. He called them uh, race, racist, misogynists, and every other buzzword under the sun. And with with his polls at only 33% now, that that is a huge shoot-myself-in-the-foot moment because the only people he has left to save himself are centralists, such as myself, and even they're starting to lose their faith in him. Even they don't want anything to do with him. And calling people names like that, ladies and gentlemen, we are not masochists. We do not like it when people insult us. So if you insult us, we're not going to buy your product. We are not going to vote for you. And now Biden's polls are dropped down to 33%. The Democratic Party is now in complete and utter disarray. 29 senators have decided to drop out of the race and have decided not to run because... People are losing faith in the Democratic Party. And for good reasons. There has been a never-ending supply of disasters that have come in from this one president. And it's only the first year that he's been in. The comical thing is that Nancy Pelosi has decided not to retire. Because she knows that if she retires, then, well, people are going to start losing even more respect for the older Democrats. The old guard is slowly and surely dying out. I mean, they were the the talk of the town like 30 years ago, but now those same superstars from 30 years ago, they're in their 70s and 80s, and they're just old and boring. Nobody wants to talk about them anymore. They really need to Go by the wayside, but unfortunately, if they do, the new guard, such so people like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, are going to be the new faces of the party. And this little cabal of democratically elected princes, they're not going to have a leg to stand on if fools like that are the new heads of the party.
0: And I, I. I wholeheartedly agree with that. In fact, when you consider, okay, consider that this is going to be the new face of the Democrat Party of America. AOC talking about using, and AOC is the common abbreviation for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, talking about how to put on makeup. Really? I mean, I, I even asked my mom my son, I'm like, how would you like to have a podcast about putting on makeup? And she just kind of smiled and <laughs> said nothing. Oh,
1: yeah, like that hasn't been done before. You can go to like 10,000 different YouTube channels and they all do that. And most of them do it much better, if you don't mind me saying.
0: Don't mind a bit.
1: One moment, please. Technical difficulties.
0: Technical difficulties here. Please keep your podcast ears and radios and phones with us. All right. We are back. And speaking of the administration, I like to shift gears from Biden to his Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. You know we were talking about earlier? You go to the grocery store, and you look for your favorite item, and it's not there. You look for some other stuff you might need, even your second, third, fourth favorite items. Guess what? They're not there either. And it's because the supply chain, the very thing Biden hired Pete Buttigieg to do something about. And Pete Buttigieg has failed miserably. And I do mean miserably with a capital M. It's just pitiful. I mean, it's not just, I mean, this is not just happening at, I mean, this is, it's not just happening at Walmart. It's happening at Publix. It's happening at other stores too. So you, and it's, and it's happening in pharmacies also. I mean, people who need life-giving drugs, they're like, okay, where are they? Oh, I'm sorry. We have a supply chain issue at. What? I need it now. Nope. Sorry. We just simply don't even have it.
1: Help me. I need my insulin. Sorry, but our supply chain is down. But I'm dying here. I need my insulin now. Please. Too bad. I mean, that's the way it's gone. I mean, Pete Buttigieg is yet another example of Biden's failures we're talking about the senate we're talking about the supply chain afghanistan we're basically every single thing that biden touches turns to <laughs> sorry we'll edit that out uh it
0: you're right and oh yes So, special insight about Afghanistan from my co-host, Daniel. Oh, God. Now, you've opened up
1: the can of worms here. (laughs) Okay. Let's let's talk about Afghanistan for the 15 billionth time. Now, Joe Biden has been... As soon as he took over in the White House, Joe Biden immediately tried to micromanage the war. And the problem with that is, Joe Biden is not a warrior. He has no idea what he's doing. He has no military theory whatsoever. You know who else tried to micromanage a war? Lyndon Baines Johnson. How did that turn out for him? Not too well, as a matter of fact. And comically enough, we even... One one hour, please. Technical
0: difficulties, please stand by.
1: As I was trying to say, Afghanistan was supposed to be Russia's Vietnam. After the Russians left and the terrorists started targeting us, after we helped them take over the country, well, we literally fell into the exact same sand pit as Russia. We immediately invaded Afghanistan and... To be perfectly honest, after we invaded Afghanistan, once we finally found and eliminated bin Laden, we showed just up sticks and said, pack your bags, boys, the war is over. But no, we persisted. We stayed there for 20 blood-cursed years, and it just became a bigger and bigger tar pit. And Biden was Biden was the nail in the coffin, the final nail in the coffin. He tried to micromanage the war. He began sending all of our essential personnel back, including engineers, uh, mechanics. So the Afghan army had no gasoline. They had no working vehicles. And eventually he cut off their... excuse me, he cut off their uh, pay so the Afghan army wasn't getting paid. They were starving. They had no ammunition for their weapons. So what do you do when that happens to you? You switch sides. And that's how the Taliban managed to take over the country. Every month that Biden was in office, 10% more of Afghanistan was taken over by the Taliban, and by the time September rolled around, it was too late. There were no soldiers left to fight them, and they steamrolled us. And we still have people over there that are at the mercy of the Taliban. And Biden has refused to allow them to come back until they get the jab, until they get their COVID vaccine. Whereas he is perfectly happy letting millions of undocumented immigrants... No. No, I'm going to say what they are. They are illegals crossing the border. He's perfectly happy with millions of them crossing the border with COVID, with SARS, with, with cholera, with yellow fever, with the bubonic plague, with measles, with... God knows what else. He doesn't care. He just knows that they're going to vote for him and his constituents and the rest of the Democratic Party. And well, he's not going to be alive long enough to care how they're going to tear up this country. And to make matters even worse in Afghanistan, the Taliban are laughing at us. They are carrying our weapons. They are driving our trucks. They are flying our planes and our helicopters. They are selling excess Blackhawks to Iran and more of our enemies. And Australia is terrified. A third world militia defeated the most powerful country in the world and now they are better armed and equipped than Australia. And that is on us. And now... Biden is thinking about flexing his tiny stringy muscles in front of Vladimir Putin on the <clears throat> on the issue of the Ukraine. He says that there will be US troops in the Ukraine if there's more than just a small insurrection. Well what is a small insurrection? Any invasion of the country is still an invasion of the country. Putin can... he can drown us in the blood of his own men. He has millions more, and these are actual warriors. Have you seen the... Have you seen the recruitment videos from Russia compared to the recruitment videos in the United States Army? They are looking for actual warriors, and we are looking for soy boys who are more worried about getting their pronouns correct and more about worried about getting their uh, hormone treatments than actually fighting. I mean, it's a joke. If we do go to war against Russia, that's it. That's going to be the second war in this decade that we've fought. And we are going to lose. And what makes matters even worse is don't forget
0: we've got a situation over over in the Pacific with China and Taiwan. So let that sink in for a moment. And Putin, he's getting up there in years. Xi, he's a lot younger, and he's got the Chinese have, they never, Putin has had, he wants to reconstruct the USSR, and the USSR has been dead for a while. So, he's got nowhere near the force that China has. And China has more troops. If you think China can, I mean, if you think Russia can drown us by their own troops, China can do that, and then some. Plus, even the te- technology they have is—I mean, they can go toe to toe with us, even with our best, with our best mil, with our best military hardware. And it's because we've been allowing them to steal military secrets from us. And that's on nobody but us. Mm-hmm. You had another failure on the Department of Justice.
1: Thanks, Eric as well <clears throat> And speaking of China, probably the only group left that can stand up against them is India. And China and India, most people don't know this, but they have a treaty with one another where there is to be no guns on the border. I've seen videos of their two armies. They have been wading through rivers, screaming and hollering at each other. They even started a massive fist fight. These are Thousands and thousands of guys just pounding the crap out of each other with their bare hands and with sticks and rocks. It's insane. And India would would be the only group left that could fight China if we have to go to war against them. India may wind up being the world's new superpower. They may be the new country that is seen as the protectors of freedom. After this, and I hate to say it, but it is absolutely true. Well, and
0: I will say that there's there's one other uh, country that I think that could join India in this, and most people tend to overlook them because of their size. But to me, I feel like that that's a big mistake because, despite their small size, they have pulled off. With the Lord's help, some amazing victories. And that's the nation of Israel. Israel's Mossad puts Mm -hmm. our CIA to shame. They can they have they're like so far ahead of us it's not even funny. And how are we treating our ally Israel? (laughs) Just uh take a look at the view. And some other things that have been said, we're not treating our ally like we need to. We need to be a lot nicer to Israel. We need to really say, hey, we need you,
1: especially now during these perilous times. Mm -hmm. Israel does, in fact, have the greatest air force in the world. And that is the one rule that, Sun Tzu did not live long enough to master. And that is, he who has control over the air has control over the ground as well. If Israel does want to get involved and they do manage to send their hapas to shut down China's nukes and other advanced hardware, they can just send in their jets and pound any enemy they want to dust. And Whoever does wind up going to war with Israel, I will shed not a single tear for them because they asked for it. That's true. Israel is definitely they they
0: you wanna talk about you wanna talk about women in the military <laughs> look no further than Israel. Israel is like they are everyone is ready to go to war immense everyone that's man woman child everybody knows how to use weapons
1: and they're not afraid they're not afraid a single unified national militia just like us well except more extreme because they actually have to Fight almost insistently. They are surrounded by enemies at all times. And they know how to fight. Those people can go buttstock and bayonet with anybody. And I applaud them. And I do as well.
0: Well, Moving right along. (sighs) The... Looking at the, uh, <laughs> oh yes, Davos. I was my co-host said he wanted to do some more research on Davos, and so, and I wanted to get his thoughts on that additional research.
1: So Davos, from what I understand, is <clears throat> what you would call the Great Reset, which is where all the nations across the globe come together and they consolidate their power and hey, like I was saying all the nations of the world come together and they consolidate their power into just one great big candy jar. Everybody gets the same amount for doing whatever job or not doing any jobs at all. It's a Marxist nightmare, and the very concept terrifies me. I've I've read a little bit more, and eventually it would lead to <coughs> all the uh, different nations from the, all the different parts of the world, uh, starting off with a universal currency for that area. We already see it in Europe. Europe has the euro, and eventually... All of Asia would have their own currency. The Western Hemisphere, which is the United States, Canada, Central and South America, and the Caribbean would have...
0: As well as Mexico.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I meant by Central America. Oh, okay. Would have a single currency. And eventually, I believe that the Chinese, being the uh, slippery squids that they are, would eventually overturn all this and eventually the entire world would just be underneath their thumb because they would come out as the top superpower. This also includes things like uh, universal health care which means everybody would have to pay more in taxes for that to pay for everybody else's Uh, healthcare whether they were actually working or not and the whole thing sounds like a quagmire that I do not want to get into thank you Daniel that is an excellent point and it is
0: a quagmire it is a horrible quagmire that we want no part of so and what you can do about it talk Uh, go ahead um what you do about it is, you know, pay attention to your local and state and national elections and make sure to get people, you know, Glenn Beck has been pushing like, you know, tell your state, tell your state officials you don't want ESG. And I agree because ESG has to do with BlackRock and BlackRock does business with China and they are, that they don't care what people think. But do they care about losing business? Oh, yeah, you
1: bet. It Seems like just about everybody who does do business with China has zero morals to speak of. This includes BlackRock and <clears throat> actors and even uh <clears throat> athletes like LeBron James. LeBron James is constantly crowing that Uh, Blacks here in the United States should get reprobations for slavery, and yet he has no problem taking money from Nike, which makes their shoes over in China through slave labor. These people are hypocrites. They don't care about the damage that they're causing. All they care about is getting that sweet, sweet China money. Greed is slowly killing us here in the West, and those are just some of the many, many examples that you have to watch out for. And,
0: I would like to say this too, and this is, alright, get ready for it, this is one of the few times I'm actually going to give the FBI a kudos. A kudos? Yes, the FBI actually gets a rare kudos. i seen where they caught a teacher <clears throat> from Kansas who was a terrorist trying to go through the border with Mexico congrats this is this is good because we and they caught her in Syria and I'm glad they caught her because the FBI knows as well as just about everyone else we're not trying to border with Mexico really now it's pretty much a free for all and so, yes, the FBI did need to catch this individual and at least incarcerate her and hopefully we'll get a conservative judge that will get you know, make sure she has a fair trial, but still, hopefully she is put away if she is indeed guilty. And, but just think about all the other people, though, who have went across the border, and like I said, it's a huge free-for-all out there, so we don't know who has went across the border and who hasn't. And that's this is something that I hope actually kind of sticks in the FBI's mind. We need to be putting a filter on who's at the border because it could wind up hurting us in the long run.
1: Absolutely Right. <clears throat> The The Mexican border is basically the world's largest revolving door. There are criminals of all stripes. There are border jumpers, of course, but there are also gun smugglers. There are human smugglers. There are drug traffickers. There's just so much that gets back and forth across the border. Also, a little statistic here... <clears throat> most of the fatal shootings across the united states are done with handguns and a large amount of these handguns i think around 60% are actually bought illegally from places like mexico and and uh <coughs> and uh other countries south of the border <coughs> so This is a huge security risk because more and more of our people are dying from the guns and the drugs and the diseases that come across the border. And I say not only for that, but we need the wall for another reason. It would be a deterrent against people crossing, especially women. Two out of every three women who cross the northern half of Mexico, which is crawling with cartel enforcers, get raped on their way to cross the border. And I think if we did have the wall, it would greatly deter that. It would cut down on the crime, and it would also be a huge weight off the shoulders of Mexico who have to constantly take in these refugees and hopefully that would make them stop coming and stay where they are. Stay in your own country. You're <clears throat> you are safer there. It's it's like that
0: old saying goes, Don't call us, we'll call you. Thank you. <laughs> and this is another little tidbit. I'm not sure if my co-host has seen this or not, and if he has, uh, have you seen the sales for Glenn book uh, for Glenn Beck's new book? It's like they had he he had uh, he'd said, and I haven't taken a look at this, and I'm going to I'm going to provide I'm going to look at it and try to get some neutral a neutral opinion perspective perspective on this, but from Glenn Beck's own mouth, he said that they had like 30,000 copies and they're like number 12 on the New York Times bestseller list. And the top is like selling far less than that. And the second best best-selling book, it's not number two, it's number 13. Hmm. That's just... To me, that's just sad. That is just really, really sad.
1: It sounds like those numbers are getting fudged somewhere along the line.
0: Agreed. And that's... You know, we're just saying it's because... I mean... If there's... If it smells like something... If it walks... The old saying... If it walks like a duck... It probably is a duck. And there's definitely something rotten in Denmark. So... Definitely check out Glenn Beck's new book, pardon me, The Great Reset. It, I've heard nothing but good about it, and I plan on ordering myself a copy.
1: I'm ordering my copy right now on my phone, even as we speak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so definitely, Glenn Beck has got it going on, and hats off to him. The, you know, the main thing, we've, and I want to cover this in our trailer, but we, we want you, we, we want our audience to make the best decision possible. We want to bring stuff up that the mainstream media likes to just sweep under the rug and forget about. No, these things do need to be brought up. Because when it comes time for election, we need to know what is before us. And this is a republic. This is a representative democracy. And Benjamin Franklin, he was stopped. I remember this is, this is. Uh, I remember this from an old history book. I think my dad had it. And a, um, an American citizen. Unnamed American citizen or an old colonist, but more, we'll say, new American citizen, stopped up. He, he stopped Benjamin Franklin. He said, What type of country have you created? What type of government have you created? And Benjamin Franklin turned around, looked at him, thoughtful for a minute. He said, or A republic. And then he added words, If you can keep it. And that's what. That's what my co-host and I that's what so many other conservatives and even a lot of other podcasters now as well, even even Joe Rogan, I will say, we're trying to make sure that this republic is kept because we are of the opinion that the United States is still, even with all its even with all the mistakes we've made, even with all that we've had go wrong. It's still the greatest country to live in.
1: Um,
0: Dan, do you have any <clears throat> thoughts you'd add to that?
1: I do believe that this country is the greatest country in the world. It's the greatest because we have so many freedoms that are unfortunately at the moment under attack. I believe that the th- along with the three basic inalienable rights that we have, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, I believe that there is a fourth one that was not mentioned in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to speak. I believe that all human beings have a voice, and all of them have a voice that deserves to be heard. And just because you don't agree with someone does not mean that you should be silenced. And people like Joe Rogan and other major podcasters and other YouTube makers and all these other voices, they are being silenced. And it's a common tactic for the left to keep everything one-sided. If the conversation only goes one way, then that is all that you hear. And human beings are a... <clears throat> they are products of their own environment. If my grandmother was... She was alive in Nazi Germany. I want to put that out there right now. There is a lot of political diversity in my family. My grandmother was, in fact, a Nazi, and my father was a communist. I bring this up because, like I said we are products of our own environment. If all you hear is one thing, then that's what you're going to believe. If evil is the only thing around you, where are you going to get your inspiration from? Where, what is going to turn you into the person that you are? What type of fire is going to forge you? And the left wants to make sure that their narrative is the only narrative that you hear. And that is how they are slowly but surely poisoning us and systematically destroying this republic that I am so proud of. Agreed, and
0: even there's there is I've got diversity within my family as well. I've some <clears throat> one of my great grandfathers he owned a lot of land and another one of my grandfathers just worked on the railroad another grandfather had worked as a logger and he had not one, not two, not three, but four kids. And the one who worked on the railroad, he had two kids he had to provide for. And then my dad had, he had like a little small peanut patch and he had to go fight. He, he had to he he chose to serve in the Navy during Vietnam. And he did quite well. He provided well for my mom and I. And I thank him for that. And as well, I have an uncle. I have two uncles who served the Navy. One of them was on a ship called USS Blackhawk. Which got torpedoed. And I had another one who was in the Navy around Vietnam as well. And... They all fought to keep this country free. where they had a lot of money or hardly any money at all. And that's the beauty of America is that we're not, you can't just, it's not just one type <clears throat> of people. It's not just one color. We're all various colors. We're all various backgrounds. And, you know, ben, Dr. Ben Carlson is a, he's a black Doctor, uh, he's a black... Neurosurgeon. um, Neurosurgeon, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. He's a black neurosurgeon who is very... No, let me take that back. Highly intelligent. Mm -hmm. And he provides the perfect counterbalance, in my opinion, to LeBron James. He is like, you know, listening... Get the facts before you make a decision. Get the facts. Make informed decisions. If you want to, and, you know, don't just you know. If you're in a bad situation, and I remember running across a, a homeless lady while I was working at Walmart, <clears throat> I felt I felt bad for her. I really did. She had it. She had a kid, and she was she was digging out the trash and. It hurt it literally hurt my heart to hear what she was doing. And she was like, do you have any good trash? And I'm like, I I want to just cry. I'm like there is so much you could do so much better than this. I I mean am, I, am, I am encouraged her to apply for a job near the very place where I work because I believe that she would bring in a work ethic that is highly needed. And my to my surprise even, even the director of personnel where I work agreed with me. She wants that lady to come in. So, I mean this is you know this is America. This is the place of dreams where we can make dreams, not just dreams, but making dreams a reality. And this is why <clears throat> we must safeguard our freedoms. This is why. So that we can pick ourselves up. We can pick something that we like to do. For example, my coach and I love doing this podcast. And other people can do do what they want to do. So we're just going to leave you with that. And yes, we've, we've gone over what we normally do. But I have no problem with that. Because these are all things that need to be brought up. And we hope you take time to listen to it. We believe you'll have an absolute fun and informative time. So, till then, this is Seth Holland and my co-host, Daniel Thomas, signing <clears throat> off.